Support for this podcast comes from TransPerfect, a family of companies providing language services and technology solutions for global businesses. Connect your brand to the world and visit TransPerfect.com. From TransPerfect and A to Z Productions, this is Next. And I'm Zelina Khan, your host. Hi everyone, it's Zelina. We interrupt this season to wish the class of 2020 a very happy graduation. While many of you can't celebrate as you thought you would, I hope you remember to bask in your moment and enjoy it. We also interrupt this season to bring you a very special bonus episode of Next. We speak with Rudy Krauss, founder and CEO of Shortlister, a recruitment platform that specializes in matching candidates to their dream job using holistic approach probably could have used this maybe 10 years ago. We also have Raina Whitfield, Director of Talent and Culture at TransPerfect. She'll be here to share her insights on navigating the job market and give us a peek into the mind of a recruiter. I thought this conversation was especially relevant considering the new wave of college grads now going into an increasingly uncertain job market. Let's get into it. Thank you both for joining us today. On this episode, we really want to look at recruitment, talent management, and beyond. I think recruitment is way more than a transactional function. I also think it's a bit overlooked. Um, Hiring the right staff gets harder and harder with unemployment rates being lower. So Rudy, um, actually no, Raina, ladies first. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do, where you work and your background? Sure, sure. Um, Raina Whitfield, I work at TransPerfect for about the last five and a half years. I am, I do, I do a lot, I think. Um, But I guess my main functions are recruitment strategy, company culture, and sort of all that is encompassed under company culture, which is employee engagement, career development, diversity and inclusion, et cetera. Rudy, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell a little bit Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. So I'm Rudy Krauss. Um, I'm the CEO of a company called Shortlister. Um, my background is in organizational psychology, uh, specifically focusing on competence, culture, and performance. Um, and currently, like I said, the CEO of Shortlister and what Shortlister essentially is, is an intelligent hiring optimization platform um, that uses science and data to essentially match candidates and jobs together. So when we're talking about you know matching candidates to job roles and organizations, we focus on skills and experience fit, qualifications fit, and organization fit. And with organization fit, we focus specifically on culture, job fit, and person characteristics fit. Maybe can we talk a little bit about what really is company culture behind that fluffy, fluffy word? Sure. So I guess the way I look at culture is actually quite a simple definition. Um, it's the way we do things around here. Um, companies are very specific or have very specific ways in which they approach their workflow, in which they achieve their goals, in which they organize their structure. So when I talk about the way we do things around here, it's essentially how's the organization structured, how's 
uh, work organized, how, what's the norms, what's the values in terms of achieving their overarching organizational objectives, uh, as an example. I think that culture can be something that sounds nebulous unless a company makes sure that they're focusing on adding to that thriving culture. You know, it's a set of beliefs and values and um, the overall mission of the company, but also it's really about the people contributing to the culture in order to make it um, something more. It's a big factor in how millennials um, determine, you know, where they go work. They want to know the culture. Yeah, I think that candidates aren't really just looking for a job anymore, especially in this climate where the unemployment rate is really low and, you know, they're looking for the the big package and the big picture and how they can make an impact. And so I think that at TransPerfect, we do a good job of making people feel part of the big picture and not just cogs in the wheel. What we're essentially seeing is um, more of that self-actualization of the human, of the person. Um, and so people aren't just choosing jobs for safety and security's sake, but more for something that allows them to self-actualize uh, and become more human almost in terms of, you know, what they stand for and, and their purpose, really. You kind of touched on it already, but what are some ways candidates can define his or her workplace preferences? Obviously, you interview you go to a company, they're going to put their best face on just as you would as a candidate. But how would you recommend people weigh the options of, say, a really big tech company versus a really cool startup? I mean, that's essentially why we've designed Shortlist the way we have, because candidates going through through Shortlist, they go through a process whereby they essentially create a profile, um, add their experience and their skills and qualifications, but very specifically define what kind of duties and responsibilities gets them out of bed in the morning not in terms of how good they are but you know what are you looking for in a job and then in terms of behavior uh, behavioral characteristics shortlist that really takes a deep analysis in terms of how do you like to engage with people how do you make decisions how do you gather information and how do you organize your workflow of course um a big trend i would say in recruiting or education is you know how they're getting education. You know, I remember five, six years ago when I first started recruiting, um, you know, a lot of managers were very strict on, you know, four-year degree, bachelor's. Um, and, and it's kind of changed, I think. I mean, it's changing more and more. Reina, maybe you want to talk about that a bit? It's interesting because I think maybe it changes depending on the recruiter. I know for myself, I came from a social work background and I did a career change and landed in recruiting about six years ago. So when I started, I would just skim over the education and look more at their experience. Um, sometimes I would come into contact with a hiring manager that only focused on education, and then I would have to make the case for why we should move forward with this person. So I think there's still a lot of importance placed on a four-year degree, even from a school that's semi-prestigious versus your online programs or trade schools or vocational schools. But I think that once you get the right candidate in front of the hiring manager, that it's up to the recruiter to sort of make the case for why this person is a good fit for the organization. I do have an example of someone who, she's actually still employed with TransPerfect, but um, she did not finish her degree. And um, she came from the industry 
And everyone was kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work out, but she's thriving. And that's because we made the case for her to, um, to, to have that first interview. Um, so I think she's been with the company about four or five years. So I think that it's not changing as quickly as maybe you're perceiving, but I think that recruiters are able to move the needle on a case-by-case basis. Can, can, I, can I jump in there? Because I think Raina made um, some really good points there. And um, I think the other thing we need to understand is that qualifications are relatable. So, you know, it's not just a one-to-one match whereby, you know, you either have a, an accounting degree or you don't. You know, there's related qualifications like economics or commerce. And I think this is where people's minds shouldn't shift. And minds need to shift is to understand that, you know, what are some of the relatabilities uh, amongst qualifications rather than just a pure um, match, if that makes sense. So Rudy, what you say, what you're saying is very comforting. And I wish somebody told that to me about 10 years ago, because I think for a lot of recent college grads, um, it can be very intimidating to apply to certain jobs because, you know, you don't meet the certain requirements and things like that. But people forget how important relatable skills are and transferable skills. The way we, we talk about it in shortlister is the candidate that looks right but is wrong versus the candidate that looks wrong but is right. So what that really refers to is the candidate that looks right has all the right skills and all the right qualifications but looks wrong from an organizational culture fit element. Um, Versus the candidate that looks wrong, you know, might not necessarily have all the skills and all the qualifications you're after, but is right from an organization fit and culture perspective. Now, I would argue it's almost better uh, in many instances to hire the candidate that looks wrong, but is right from an organization fit perspective, because you can send someone on a course to get additional skills or send someone on a course to gain a qualification, but to change someone's attitudes and behavior uh, obviously is a lot harder. So yes, you've got the skills, yes, you've got the qualification, but how do you fit within the business and, you know, what do you stand for? Yeah. And, and, and where, where is your value? Um, so what if, what if the recruiters on board, um, and they're on board with their candidate. How do they work with the hiring manager or the VP or director or CEO that um, still has that traditional mindset? How do how do we try to navigate that? Um, I think that in my experience, um, because I still do a lot of of hands on recruiting, that it's building the relationship with the hiring managers first um, or as you go, obviously, and knowing when to push and knowing when not to push. Um, So obviously if I have a candidate and they don't, they look wrong on paper, but I know that they're at least good enough to have a conversation with this manager, then I'm just going to, to push as much as I, as much as I have to. I have a few managers that only look for a certain amount of experience, nothing below this, nothing above this, and only from, you know, certain schools. And I have to be like, okay, come on, we're friends here. Just just talk to this person. If you don't like them, then fine. It's no big deal. We didn't hire them. But you can't um, slash someone before even speaking with them and seeing if there's a connection, if, if there's a fit, you know, with the actual human being. So while I have you both here, I have to take advantage of it. 
and try to get as many tips and advice as I can get from you guys. So maybe we can just talk about, you know, things candidates might not think of. I know when I interviewed, um, you know, I was worried about my outfit, my resume, making sure I was on time. But what are some things that maybe candidates just don't think about when going to their interview? Um, definitely something that I've uh, employed in the past is right from the bat when you walk into a, an organization, take a look around at the workplace. How is the, the office structured? Is it a, an open planned office or is it a very closed off uh, area where people have um, uh, their own private uh, offices? Um, get a bit of a, a gut feel in terms of what this organization's culture is and what the work environment is that you're about to step into. So I think that in the age of technology and of startups where environments tend to be more casual, that um, it actually gets away from candidates to show up with your best foot forward at that first interview. So I think it's still good to err on the side of caution of professionalism, even if the environment is, is laid back and um, a casual dress or business casual that you should still show up in professional dress with a resume um, and, you know, ready to, to actually nail that interview versus kind of rolling in and some jeans and, you know, with the perception of not being prepared. Um, because even though you may walk into a casual environment, we'd like to see that you can step it up for, you know, for a client or for the audience. To piggyback off that, I would say um, before you come in to an interview, do your research. I love when candidates either research me, research the company, um, and come in with questions. Um, it really shows that they're engaged, uh, they're thinking critically, and they really care about where their next move will be. I think it's I, I love I love getting a question where I'm probably stumped or where I don't have an answer either because I think it challenges me and my role to figure out, hmm, are we doing that? Why haven't we done that? Um, I've gotten a lot of ideas from that also. So let's talk about social media. I think it's very common now for candidates to put their LinkedIn on their resume, but I think it kind of gets fuzzy when it comes to Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. What are your thoughts on social media and recruiting aside from LinkedIn? Look, every uh, everybody I talk to, there's always someone that when they do the recruitment, they go on LinkedIn, they look at the candidate on, on Facebook. Um, you know, I think candidates need to be very careful and very uh, conscious because at the end of the day, what you put out uh, on social media is out there for the rest of the world to see. So you've just got to determine and work out whether you as a candidate can live with the consequences uh, or not. And if you can't live with it, then, you know, um, reconsider what you put on social media. Mm -hmm. um, Raina, do you look up any of your candidates on social media or do your managers do that? Um, I definitely look up candidates on social media. And it's interesting because I will typically, as I'm doing a phone screen, I will look at their LinkedIn, which typically matches their resume. And as the conversation goes on, if I still can't quite 
get a gauge on this person, I'll immediately go to their Facebook or try to find them on Instagram to get a better idea of who this person really is. I'm not saying that in looking at someone's Facebook, I've said, oh no, not moving forward. Um, But it has helped me understand whether if I'm on the fence, whether to go ahead and, and push that person forward or not. Is there anything else maybe we didn't touch on that a candidate should know? Um, Just going back to just general tips, I think that um, a quick follow-up goes a long way, um, especially when recruiters and hiring managers are seeing lots and lots of candidates. Um, Just a quick thank you via email, even a couple of sentences shows that there's interest on the candidate's end. Uh, I know that there are some times where we loved a candidate and then um, we just don't hear back from them while we're fit wrapping up the rest of the interview process. And it's like, well, were they, were they interested as well? Or, you know, did they fall off, you know? Yeah. I think it's kind of like thinking you went on a good date and not getting a text back. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from candidate tips, another interesting part of recruitment, I think is this rise in AI and how that plays into it. AI, I think, either excites a lot of people or really scares them when it comes to the job market. What's your take on it? Yeah, I think there's a lot of fear mongering when it comes to AI and disruption and so forth. And, you know, while um, there are jobs that will be at risk, you know, production line workers, factory workers, um, most jobs will actually be augmented as opposed to uh, being fully replaced. Um, you know, um, technology changing the face of work is nothing new. A hundred years ago um, in the U.S., you know, most people were working on farms and technology came along and, you know, now uh, less than 2% of people um, in the U.S. are employed in farming. So people adapted and upskilled and, you know, there's more more jobs created. Yeah, I mean, I think AI doesn't necessarily remove jobs but it changes jobs more so than anything. I think that as a recruiter, I welcome the age of AI and how it's going to change things. Our CEO, Phil Shaw, talks about the job monkey, you know, having just hundreds of people doing very menial tasks. Recruiting can be a lot of very menial tasks and administrative work, whether it's sourcing for candidates or just looking through resumes or doing onboarding once we've found the right candidates. And so if AI is going to help us be more efficient and let us get to the heart of recruitment, which is finding people that align with our culture, then, you know, I'm all about it. Yeah, it it essentially allows you to get back to the human element of recruitment um, and engage with candidates better and get that better uh, alignment between the employer and the employee. Uh, And I think that's where um, better hires will be made. Yeah, I think um, I think technology will take us so many different places and it's exciting, it's scary, and it's just overwhelming at times. But I think um, as long as organizations um, keep people first, I think, we're, you know, we'll do all right. <laughs> um, Rudy and Raina and recruitment, that was three R's. Thank you both so much for taking time to be on the show today. Rudy, if people want to learn more about Shortlister, where can they go? So if you want to learn a little bit more about myself uh, and Shortlister as a company uh, and you're an employer looking to hire new talent uh, to fit your business, your team 
and your organization culture, come to shortlister.com. Uh, that's shortlister spelled S-H-O-R-T-L-Y-S-T-E-R.com. Uh, and we'll be more than happy to, to have you come on board. If you're interested in learning more about joining TransPerfect or learning about what we do, you can look us up at transperfect.com careers. So there you have it. Although this was recorded some time ago, I thought that this was the perfect time to release it. COVID-19 has shaken up the job market and everything else more than ever. But I do hope that Rena and Rudy provided insight for the recent college grads out there and anyone else navigating the job market in the coming months ahead. If you made it to the end of this episode, thank you. Make sure you hit the like button before you close us out and subscribe wherever you get your podcast to listen to the latest episodes of Next. And if you have a question, comment, or suggestion, or you just want to tell us how much you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at nextpodcast at transperfect.com or visit us at nextpodcast.transperfect.com.